0: We're in the book of Ephesians. I would ask you to turn to Ephesians chapter 4. As an introduction, last week we looked at the apostolic prayer that Paul had so that the church could fully grasp who it was and what its assignment was. If you'll remember, in that apostolic prayer, Paul prayed for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to be in the church. We need the Holy Spirit to unveil the realm of the kingdom to us. With that revelation and wisdom unveiled, he said, this is what I pray, this threefold prayer, that you would understand your calling, that we as a people would know that we have a calling, we have purpose. You as individuals have a calling on your life. God chose you and called you. Secondly, we would understand the inheritance, his provision, what he's given to us, so that it can equip us for this calling. And thirdly, he said that you would understand the power behind it, that you're called, you are equipped, and you are empowered to do this. Now that we have this understanding, we move into God's purpose for the church found in Ephesians chapter 4. And I'm going to start at verse 7 as you follow along with me. And he says this, but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Let's stop there. What was given to us? Grace. grace. Given to some of you. What's the word say? Each one of us. Grace is a word. In the Greek, it is charis. We get the word charismata. Charis means gift. So the gift that God gave us is based on the full gift that God gave of himself, the full measure of his being. We are gifted by the full measure of what God has put to us, this grace, this gifting. And it's for each one of us. You're gonna look as we see in this chapter that so often we talk about the five-fold ministry, and throughout church history, we have restricted it to a select few. We've seen it as office gifts. There's no reference here for office gifts. There's no identity here as if it's for a select few super saints the apostle prophet evangelist pastor teacher we're going to see and i'm going to prove it to you through scripture that this is the gift the grace he's talking about that's given to each one of us given to the church as a whole so this is the grace he's talking about therefore it says when he ascended on high he led host of captives and gave gifts to men he's quoting an old testament scripture He's talking about that Jesus, He descended to the earth when He was crucified. He descended into the lower parts of, of hell to declare who He was in His majesty and to take captive those Old Testament saints that were waiting for the final sacrifice so that He could ascend and take them into the heavens. He is Lord both of heaven and earth and below the earth. And He has shown Himself to be that. And He goes on, He says that He ascended far above all the heavens that He might fill all things. You know, that's what I like about Jesus. <clears> he <throat> doesn't want to leave anything empty. Don't you love that? Jesus wants to fill everything. Think about your own heart. If you have an emptiness in your soul, if you have an emptiness in your understanding, if you have an emptiness in relationships, Jesus wants to fill it. He wants to fill all in all. There's areas of your life that the enemy's taken captive. There's areas of your life you haven't surrendered. You're still holding on to it. And Jesus wants to fill it. He wants to fill it with his presence and with his love. Are you willing to let him fill all in all? But this verse goes way beyond just filling you. He wants to fill the earth, and he wants to fill the heavens, and he wants to fill all things with his presence. And he needs his body, his church, to do that. And this is his plan. This is the plan for the church, that as the head sits in heaven, the body of Christ in the earth is to fill up the presence of Christ in the earth to meet the full stature of God so that Christ is all in all. Let's keep going so that you have an understanding of what he wants to do. In verse uh, 11, this is how he plans to do it here is how he's going to execute it and he talks about the grace he gave to each one of us he gave some to be apostles some to be prophets some to be evangelists and some to be shepherds and teachers depending on your translation of bible the correct accurate translation is some apostles some prophets some evangelists some pastors some teachers and so that's what he's given. That's the plan. This five-fold identity of Christ is given to the body of Christ so that it will grow up into Christ. Makes sense, right? We need from him what we're supposed to look like. We're being conformed to the image of Christ. How many of you know your neighbor is waiting for Jesus to show up? The people at work that you work with, they're waiting for Jesus to show up in you. They're waiting for you to fully mature into the image of Christ, to walk like him, talk like him, act like him, and give his spirit and his love to a dying world. This world needs Jesus. Amen. And so he goes on, he says, This why does he give this fivefold? Verse 12: to equip the saints for works of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, here it is, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. This is the analogy that Paul is using, that this little body, the church, this little child, the church, is going to grow up into the full stature and the full presence of Jesus in the earth. It's going to do that through the fivefold grace of who Jesus is, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. That's been given to us as the church. And collectively, we, the body of Christ, are going to operate in the apostolic, the foundational governing power of God, the prophetic to hear and know what God would have us to do, the evangelistic to reach and touch a dying world and to shepherd them and care for them and to instruct and teach them. That's the role of the church. As we grow up, he goes on with the analogy and he says this, that we're to grow up into the full stature of Christ so that we would no longer be children tossed to and fro by winds and waves and carried by every wind of doctrine or human cunning or craftiness. we got to grow up to be that full-bodied church. And so he says that this five-fold ministry and identity of Jesus is given to the body of Christ, the church, to do three things. Number one, to equip the saints. Now when we read it in English, we think, OK, to equip the saints. What do we need? What's the church need? Well, he's going to equip us. We need church buildings, brick and mortar. We need money and cash, right? We need new pianos. We need a good PA. system. We need the equipment. It's not what he's talking about. That word equip in the original language means to make perfect, complete, or make one what they ought to be. To make us what we ought to be. To equip, to turn us into, to raise us up, to mature us into our identity. You know what's amazing is? We look at ourselves in the mirror, we look at each other across the aisle, and we see what we see. Good luck, God, with that one. Look in the mirror and go, I'm such a loser. God sees you as to what you're becoming. Oh, I want a glimpse of that. I want a glimpse of that. You know, I love sunflowers. And here's the reason why I love planting a sunflower or sunflowers every year. It's a little seed this big. I plant mammoth sunflower, so I plant that little seed, and by the end of the year, this thing's 15 feet tall with a big head on it, and in the morning, it faces this direction, and all day long, it just turns towards the sun, soaking it up. I'm amazed by that. I get to see what it looks like. You and I don't even see what we're becoming what God has us become. The image is Jesus. We're all supposed to become like Him and look like Him. Yeah. He is equipping us to be like Him. Yeah. The second thing is for the work of ministry. But again, the word ministry here in the original language in the Greek is diakonos. Do you know what church word we get from diakonos? Deacon. Do you know what the word diakonos means? A servant. See, we, we say uh, he is equipping the saints for the work of ministry. And when we think of ministry, we think of pulpits. We think of evangelists. We think of crusades. But that word is servant. He equips us, makes us who we ought to be for the work of serving. Gee, there's not a lot of glamour in that. You know, we've got so many rock star preachers, we've got Christian rock bands, we've got TV evangelists, we've got apostle prophet, banners, buy my this, buy my that. That's ministry. That's not ministry. You know what ministry is? Sharing the love of Jesus Christ, caring for others, serving others. The very people who revile us, the very people who spit on us, the very people who hate us are the people we're to serve. And to give them the love of Jesus and to pray for their eyes to be opened. He's preparing us to be like Jesus so that we would serve like Jesus. Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, I came to serve. And so we reach out to those who are wounded and we minister healing. We pray for their strength and restoration. We give them the gospel so that they could see the light of God's glory. That's what the ministry is to equip us, to make us become what we're supposed to look like Jesus and to minister and serve. Last of all, building up or edifying or maturing the body of Christ. Do you see what the equipping, when you see the equipping of the body of Christ, that equipping, that edifying, that growing is to grow into the full stature of Jesus. It's really simple. We're supposed to look like Jesus. There's, a, there's an old story about uh, a little girl who's scared because it's thunder and lightning outside, and she runs into her parents' room. <coughs> oh, mommy, Daddy, I'm scared. And Dad rolls over and he says, go back to bed, Jesus is with you. <laughs> so she goes back to bed, and the next time, <coughs> the room lights up with lightning. She gets out of bed. Mommy, Daddy, Mommy, Mommy, Skip Daddy, Mommy. I'm scared, I'm scared. And mom says, listen, honey. And the father says, go back to bed. Jesus is with you. So she mopes and goes back to bed. And then third time, lightning, she comes back in. <laughs> daddy, daddy, I'm scared, I need you. And the dad says, go back to bed. Jesus is with you. And she says, I need Jesus with skin on. Right. This world is dying for the image of Christ. And they look at the church and go, nah, that ain't it. Yeah. We're to mature into the image of Christ. If you don't know what Jesus looks like, then how are you going to grow into his stature? If you don't understand how he talks, if you don't understand what his mission was, then how are we going to represent him? You've got to have a revelation of the knowledge of Jesus. Jesus you got to know Him, so you got to read the Gospels. You've got to understand Him. you got to spend time with Him so that we grow up into Him so that we become shaped into His image to serve like Him so we grow up being like Him. That's the church. That's the revival that is coming to the church universal. That is the outpouring that is going to happen in the last days. All right? The last days you're not going to look and say, Oh, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. The entire ministry of the Holy Spirit is for you to say, that's what Jesus looks like. That's Jesus exalted. The whole ministry of the Holy Spirit is to exalt Christ and to exalt Christ in the body, His church. This is what the fivefold is to accomplish. It's not a select office of a few individuals. It is in the body of Christ. Now, the reason that we're becoming that, he says, if you're not that, he continues with the same analogy, then you're going to be like a little child tossed to and fro in the waves of the sea. And i got to tell you, throughout church history, you've looked at the church, and right now where we're at, we look like babies in a little dinghy being tossed around by the wind and the waves the church is getting thrashed so we get tossed to and fro and not only by the waves but he says you'll be carried about by every wind of doctrine we're getting blown to pieces and we're getting tossed all over the place you know why we're not sharing christ we're sharing our opinions We're not sharing the Word of God. We're sharing the the latest conspiracy we've heard on YouTube. Would somebody get back to the Word of God and represent Jesus and care for the lost? We're not supposed to be little babies floating on an inner tube in an ocean. What did Jesus do with waves? He walked on them. What did Jesus do with the wind? He told it to stop and be still. When you grow up in the full apostolic, governmenting authority of the word of God and speak a prophetic word, thus saith the Lord and shepherd a people and reach out to these people who are lost in the storm. You can silence it and speak to the waves and stand in the full maturity of Christ. That's what the church is to be. That's what we're growing up into. I don't know about you, but I'm excited for the ride. This is where I'm headed. Anybody want to go? I don't want to be tossed in the water. I want to walk on that water. I don't want to be pushed over by the winds. I want to speak to them. There's so many doctrines and winds and tumult all over this world. But the church stands on a rock that cannot be moved that's what we're growing up into he says there's three things that'll happen if you're childish if you're not growing into the full stature of christ he says you'll be tossed to and fro you'll be knocked around by the wind and then he also says that there uh, not only every wind of doctrine and when i say doctrine it's not just religious doctrine it's the doctrines of men It's the doctrines that are out there that are trying to rob and steal from the glory of Christ, from the majesty of who He is, trying to redefine the meaning of life and the attitude of life. There's an answer in Christ. I'm not going to be tossed around by those. Then he also says by human craftiness. People are scheming and planning. You know what the worst part of human craftiness is? When it enters into the church. So all sorts of craftiness going on between people. And I think of that, that creepy guy who comes up to little kids. Hey, you want a piece of candy, little boy? Come here. And they fall for it. But if you're mature in Christ, you're like, I ain't taking your candy, dude. Get out of here. How many, the devil is tempting us. We're too immature in our walk. We take every little piece of candy that the enemy offers us. It's foolishness false doctrines, and last of all, deceitful schemes. Schemes of the enemy should not work against the church. We're the light. We expose the deeds of darkness. We don't fall for them. And that's what the fivefold is supposed to do. That shepherding ministry shepherds you through the deception. The teaching ministry brings light so you can see the schemes of the enemy. Paul says, we are not unaware of the devil's schemes. We know what they are. And so children don't. They just go where they're goaded and tempted. So we've got to grow up. And this is what God's doing with his church. Unfortunately, we are so divided. We're so shattered. We're being tossed around by all these doctrines. I feel bad for for new believers who are trying to find a study or a word on YouTube. You look up. You can't find teachings on Scripture. What you find are teachings on why this pastor's wrong and why that guy's teaching wrong. We're just yelling at each other. Sounds like a scheme to me. Instead of studying the Word and growing in maturity and understanding the body of Christ being joined together. He says that if We will grow up. We're not going to get tossed around. We're not going to get blown around. We're going to stand. And he goes on to say this. He says in verse 15, rather speak the truth in love. What is that love? It's the demonstration of Christ. It's Jesus. He says, speak the truth in love. We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head i like that verse this is the intention we are to grow up in every way into christ jesus it's time to grow up paul said this when i was a child i played with childish things what are we doing playing with childish things i think i think many churches are playing with kid toys People are dying out there. This world is so messed up where literally the identification of gender is so confusing for young people that, that they, are, they are lost. And, and we're, the church is playing with childish toys and trinkets while the world is absolutely broken and lost. We need an answer for them. We need a solution for them. We need an apostolic authority and government of God's kingdom to show up, a prophetic word to be spoken, and an invitation to be given so that we shepherd them and teach them. That's the work of the church. So we got to grow up into the full stature of Christ the head. His head isn't a baby head. His head fills the universe. His head is Christ at the throne of God. He's waiting for his body to catch up waiting for the body to mature so he goes on and he says this from whom the whole body joined together held together by every joint with which it is equipped we saw that which it's becoming equipped with each part working properly what part what each part the fivefold that's what he that's what this is all about that five-fold part dynamic of who he is, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, shepherd, working together will equip us or make us grow into Christ. So we've got to study this because that's what God's going to do. Making the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Could I encourage you to stop tearing each other apart? Could I encourage you, we are in an age where we basically complain about everything. We we are so quick to judge and to say, this is wrong, that's not good enough, that should be better, this and that, I don't like that guy's blue shirt. We we complain about everything, and we've lost the ministry of edification. Jesus had the right to complain about his apostles, didn't he? Oy vey, these guys are driving me nuts. But he was devoted to them because he knew. A rabbi would not complain about his followers because he knew it was up to him to teach them. He knew what their potential was. He knew what they were becoming. Even when Peter denied him, he said, Come on, Peter, I prayed for you. We're going to get through this. And when you are old. See, he knew what he would put in him. God has installed the Holy Spirit in you. He knows what you're going to become. Let's stop the delay and grow up. Amen? Let's walk in maturity. We're going to build ourselves up in love. And last of all, he says this. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith. Wow, how's that going to happen supernaturally? The unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood. Mature. That's the road we're on. We're going to be mature. Wait till you see this thing. Wait till you see what the body of Christ is becoming. The mature representation of Christ. To the mature manhood. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Jesus. He's not going to fall short. We wonder, when's he going to come back? Why is it taking so long? Because the church is still immature. Jesus is not going to return for a little baby church. Jesus will come when his church has reached his full stature. That's when he's going to come. Well, I thought he was going to come to get me out of this trouble. Now he's going to come when the church is fully developed. And we're headed there, amen? We're headed there. Fully mature, fully developed. We are to grow up. Now consider this. The head is in heaven. What is left on the earth is the body of Christ, and the body of Christ is growing into full maturity till it reaches the head, so that Christ is all in all. That's the plan. That's the plan. God is going to do it. So, how are we measuring up? Apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher, as we go in deeper into this, we will see how each part working properly, will cause us to mature and grow into the full stature of Jesus. And that applies to you as individuals and us as a body. Let's bow our heads.